Hello. Welcome to Unpleasant Movies, the podcast dedicated to harsh and unrelenting cinema. My name is Thomas Simons Bambra. My name is uh, Svare Ågård. All right. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> so let's start uh, talking about this film then. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful uh, German piece of uh, unrelenting and harsh engineering. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, today we're talking about um, Christiana F uh, from 1981, directed by Ulrich Edel. So before we delve into the meat of the discussion of this movie, maybe we should talk a little bit just very shortly about what this movie is about. Yeah, a little summary. And by the way, there will be spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, then you shouldn't be listening to a podcast about this particular movie, right? Yeah, so this film uh, is based on a non-fiction book, uh, two journalists uh, interviewing a, a real person, Christiana F., and her descent as a like a 13-year-old from more or less normal life into a heroin addiction. Yeah, descent into hell. Pretty grim stuff, and yeah. um, and that's pretty much it. That's like that's the core of the movie, and there's there's other stuff going on and a lot of details around it, but basically that's it. And starring none other than David Bowie in the <laughs> majority of the soundtrack, <laughs> and uh, and also a short, uh, actually rather long concert yeah. sequence. Yeah, 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 he plays himself playing David Bowie yes. music on stage, which is interesting because he usually plays a character on stage. And I think he actually is performing as the Thin White Duke. Yeah, that sounds about right. He definitely plays a song from the Thin White Duke era, anyway. Mm. But he's not uh, a protagonist. He's just uh, a he's character just, uh, shows up. sort of a, yeah. um, in the background. Yeah, but his music is quite prominent, though, throughout the film. Yeah, I think, uh, actually, it's the only music used in the movie, Bowie. I think, uh, well, uh, there's some... Uh, instrumental uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. score, but yeah. uh, as far as songs go, there's only Bowie. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of set in this era uh, when his music was quite prevalent. And it's very cool, I think, mm. like the era. Yeah. Uh, visually and music-wise, it's very sort of, I think now, very cheek. Yeah, absolutely. Heroin cheek. Yeah. In the beginning, anyway. Towards the end, it's just... Well, not to spoil anything, but it... it it doesn't... Well, it's unpleasant. Yeah, it's much like Requiem for a Dream, in a sense. Yeah, it's interesting, because uh, this is also a drug-related um, narrative. Yeah, but quite different. Yeah, quite different, yeah. Um, uh, what would you say are the major differences between uh, Requiem and uh, Christian F? Well, it's, it's stylistically very different. Uh, this almost has, uh, well, I wouldn't say documentary, but it feels quite close to reality. And also, Working for Dream is perhaps um, uh, cooler. And, yeah, it's cooler. It's uh, much more filmic. It's much yeah. more uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it has a, a real plot. Yeah, and, and also uses like genre tropes as part Definitely. of uh, a lot of communicating. sexy shots and edits. And, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a very handsome movie, and this is also quite good looking, but it's not as um, playful in a way. Yeah, it's not playful. Uh, like you said, it feels a lot like a mm. documentary. Mm. It's shot very... It doesn't really try to be anything but what it is. Mm. And it just... There's a lot of beautiful shots of the yeah, city. Yeah, absolutely. In the beginning, it's a lot of night shots. Mm -hmm. And towards the end, it's uh, almost entirely a day, yeah. which I find very interesting uh, yeah. trajectory. Because 
the themes get darker and darker, and it sort of yeah, de devolves into daylight. Mm. Well, I, I, I guess it's kind of about the difference whether you're taking drugs just at night at a club or if you do it every day and the normal, it's kind of part of your everyday... Uh, Definitely, because uh, it devolves from sort of a sexy nightclub mm, thing, mm, which mm. is how most people get mm. into drugs. <laughs> and then towards the end, it's just, uh, you know, uh, hassling strangers for money yeah. and just uh, sucking dick for, you know... Yeah, prostituting. To get your yeah. next, next shot. What's, I mean... Perhaps the main difference, of course, is that the protagonists in this film are very young. Very they, young. They are uh, portraying like 13, 14 year olds. I think also the actors themselves, they're amateur actors. I don't think most of them haven't done any other films. Which this. is interesting because they yeah. act really well. Yeah, yeah. Like the body language is so convincing. Like the transformation from like more or less a normal young girl into a... Yeah. Uh, wreck uh yeah a Just total a uh, junkie zombie. yeah junk song yeah yeah it's, it's very convincing i think uh, uh, extremely i think the makeup artist yeah. did a great job yeah. because all the all the haggard yeah. junky faces are just very convincing and just very unpleasant to watch yeah yeah especially yeah knowing that they're so young but also like i said that the body language is is very uh fine they kind of do the the small jaw movements and yeah uh, the micro movements yeah, are yeah. just very very convincing yeah, yeah rather surprised how they did that like um when they're coming down for the first time uh yeah. the way they shake like and their legs lock up and yeah it's yeah, just yeah. very convincing because the two main characters they decide they want to stop uh drugs yeah and then they have this uh, cold turkey yeah, situation can, in there we can uh, talk a little bit about yeah. how it starts yeah um because it begins with just a young girl mm -hmm talking about well the part of the city that well it starts with some foreshadowing i think well it's pretty middle class yeah. uh with i would say semi well-to-do parents quite uh, uh but the, the father's not living with the mother and the and mother is just very uh not there yeah yeah she's not very present and it starts off with her sister moving to live with her father so she's i guess she's kind of like socially lonely a bit and then she starts to explore like other social avenues, particularly these um, nightclubs in Berlin. Yeah, it actually starts with a nightclub scene. Uh, yeah. She goes to a place called Sound, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's the main. Just uh, David Bowie blaring on the speakers. Yeah, uh, and she tries some drugs. Like it's it's funny. She goes and orders some cherry juice yeah. or, or something, and and then she gets some. I'm not sure what that is. They just call it like a. Like what sort of drug she begins taking? You know, I think it's probably ecstasy. No, I don't think so because huh. I don't. I, I think that that started in the late eighties. Oh yeah, okay. This is from the late seventies, yeah. early eighties. So I'm yeah, thinking yeah, maybe yeah. it's uh, no, wait, okay. acid or something. Yeah, well, it could be. I got or kind of like amphetamines. Uh, yeah, it could be amphetamines. Yeah, uh, a party drug at any rate. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's not heavy stuff. Mm. It's more like uh, something you take at a club to mm. have a good time. Mm. Yeah, and she kind of she meets a boy she finds interesting. Yeah, and he's very. Uh, he shows some empathy towards her. Absolutely, yeah. She, because she has a kind of a bad time. First time she's at sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he hands her like a paper towel when she's throwing yeah, up. Yeah, and he's he's really nice. Uh, Detlev, the character. Yeah, uh, Detlev. And he he's he's really sort of awkward as well. He looks like a young boy doesn't quite know how to talk to girls. Very convincing. Uh, yeah. Um, very nuanced. And. Uh, and uh, actually, he starts off 
quite critical to uh, drugs when he asks her if she, she, she's taking a trip and says he doesn't like that stuff. Uh, of course, that changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite soon after the sister leaves, she gets mm. more involved into in the party scene. Mm. Is it in Berlin? Yeah. Yeah. And she starts taking more drugs, and he starts... Well, it, um, it gets to a point where... Um, uh, he goes into the junkie door, yeah. so to speak. Mm. What's well, actually interesting because the first time you see a junkie, mm. it's quite shocking, mm -hmm. but it feels a lot like foreshadowing. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's a particular sequence uh, when I think uh, one of her friends offers her some chewing gum. Yeah. It's some stimerol. Mm. And later in the movie, you see they're using those stimerol. Uh, like oh, those yeah. packets for heroin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So it's like a foreshadowing. They're <laughs> yeah. offering her. That's nice. Yeah. The same thing they're gonna offer later, so to speak. But yeah, well, there's a Bowie thing to begin with too. Uh, the stepfather gives her a Bowie record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, which she already has, is incidentally. Well, he's. I guess he's. He's not like really a stepfather. Um, he's just a friend. Yeah, he's his mother. mother's boyfriend, more or less. Yeah. Uh, and and kind of seems like an okay guy, but. Um, there's a very there's a distance between the mother and the daughter, Definitely. and um, and that guy isn't helping. It's like well, I think she feels quite estranged about that her mother having a relationship with another man, and yeah. um, um, doesn't feel quite at home. At yeah, home. and mother is, is she she seems to have quite a, a distant like parenting uh, method. Yeah, actually, I, I thought I just thought she was a really bad mother because yeah. she's not involved in, yeah. in her daughter's yeah. uh, life at all. There's a scene very early on mm. uh, because uh, Detlef, yeah. uh, which she meets at the club mm. and she fancies. Mm. Uh, he has a tattoo. Yeah, he has, <laughs> he has a tattoo. And there's a scene quite early on yeah, yeah. Uh, where she's uh, pretending to study homework, but she's actually tattooing herself. Yeah, she uses a needle and ink and yeah. then uh, creates a similar tattoo as to the boy that which she's interested just in. just a... Yeah. <laughs> Wibbly line. It's yeah. just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not anything advanced, but I mean, it's really quite an intense thing for a young person to do. Yeah, and the mom uh, she notices and yeah. just brushes it off. Yeah, and I thought that was she says super like weird. you're the one who's going to wear it. <laughs> that's yeah. her thing. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, she kind of like that's not good, but you, it's your problem. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's actually worth noting that this film is based on a non-fiction book, and that the character uh, is based on an actual person christian f yeah i didn't know that uh, uh i noticed during the credits that there's um the yeah. movie is dedicated to like three victims of yeah and they have the heroin. summary of the lives of the different characters uh, yeah but it, this was actually uh, quite like a, a, a cult book and um as, as far as i understand there was somewhat of an epidemic of uh, young kids in western europe taking heroin but it wasn't so well known for a fair amount of the population uh, until this film came out it kind of was a bit of an eye opener yeah sort um, of revealed the the dark side of the yeah yeah drug use in yeah. the major cities yeah and uh, this this actual character christiana uh, f she was interviewed by two journalists and they wrote that into a non-fiction book and that's what's been adapted by ulrich edel right right um, and uh, yeah like, they're really young, the kids, and they feel really young as well. Yeah. Uh, they feel re really young, and you notice in the scenes in the mm. beginning, 
there's a lot of unsavory characters mm. uh, surrounding them. And mm. actually throughout the movie, it's mm. just sort of a, a gallery of really unpleasant weirdos. Mm. But especially in the start, uh, it, it's a really big contrast to the seemingly uh, innocent innocence of Christiana and her friends. Mm. Um, and you see these sort of junkies on the periphery sort of mm. looking like pretty much wraiths or ghosts. Yeah. Actual junkies, by the way. <laughs> Actual junkies. And you can sort of see it because yeah. it just looks really unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, most of the... Uh, Juxtaposition. M- most of the uh, cast are amateurs. So they'll just pick like junkies and prostitutes of the street and get them into the shot. Yeah, not stuff. just amateur uh, mm. actors, but yeah. actual junkies yeah. and prostitutes mm. as the main sort of um, surrounding cast. Yeah. and makes it feel quite genuine. Definitely, it feels mm. very genuine. I didn't know that. Mm. I just thought it was really well cast. Mm. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, and I mentioned that the makeup is very good, but yeah. apparently you don't need to make up. People who are actually junkies. So. Yeah. But like on the kids, when they kind of transform. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's very, very well done. And another thing I mm. thought was really excellently done and very unpleasant mm. was the close-ups of uh, them shooting up. Yeah. Uh, the blood squirting. Yeah, 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 yeah. The needle going in, uh, drawing blood. Yeah. All that was just well, it's very... quite meticulous, actually. All the, the process around of, of uh, using the drugs and preparing them and getting them. Yeah, definitely. It uh, feels very true to life. Well, I say that as a person who doesn't do that sort of thing, but um, well, it seems quite accurate. <laughs> yeah, it does seem very realistic. Uh, although I will say at uh, certain points, especially Christiana's descent into heroin use, mm-hmm. I think is actually a bit more unpleasant than it probably would have been. Mm. It seems a bit too shocking because I can't say that it looks very appealing when she notices her friend doing shooting up and it's just really unappealing and unsexy, mm. which I understand. It's mm. supposed to be shocking and difficult to watch. Mm. But I think most people who do heroin for the first time have a much more pleasant experience, which is why they're chasing that dragon all the time. Well, what is the scene when she first takes heroin? It's uh, after the Bowie gig. Mm. After the Bowie gig, uh, she meets up with her friends mm. and they're going to do heroin. Yeah. So they go into... Oh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, because it's been a thing. Like th- that's quite interesting as well. Like before someone takes heroin for the first time, everyone tells them, "Don't fucking do it. It's not yeah. worth it. Uh, uh, you just become a ghost, a wraith like me." Exactly. Uh, and then everyone eventually ends up doing it uh, against their friend's advice. Yeah. But the they, first friend to yeah. do it is actually Detlef. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he goes into a room and sound yeah, yeah, yeah. at the nightclub. Which is just uh, graffitied with a big H yeah. for heroin. <laughs> subtle, it's very subtle, but it's very, it's very nice. Yeah, it's just, it's nice. Uh, let's not uh, beat around the bush here. Yeah. Just fucking doing heroin in yeah. the bathroom. And he comes out completely uninterested in the protagonist. Yeah, just uh, a glazed expression. Uh, it's very, very nice. Uh, and then uh, later on, I think the concert is after that. Yeah. And you, you yeah. see at first. Um, the friendship brings to the the concert, yeah. which is not that tough because they're sort of uh, drifted apart because yeah. he's doing heroin. Yeah, and also he's hooking up with some other girl, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm. We don't know. Mm. But uh, her friend seems very anemic and pale. And yeah. she asks him, what's wrong? And he's like, yeah, I've, I've been donating blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
And so they go to the concert, and later on, it's revealed, no, nah, he's not done any blood. Yeah, he's just uh, heroin, heroin yeah. and he's uh, having the shakes because he needs a shot. Mm. And so they meet up and uh, go to do a shot in the car. And she, she's starting to feel very left out. Yeah. Because all her, her so uh, all all her pairs are do, using heroin. Yeah, and, uh, a romantic interest, yeah. uh, romantic interest left her. Mm. Her friends just uh, ditch mm. her and go yeah. to her, and she's yeah. like, because it's quite know. interesting. Because they they're outside the concert, and then they uh, they leave her just in the middle of the town place, yeah, and uh, say, well, we're going to do heroin, so um, you go fix your own thing. You go get home on your own. Yeah, and you can really feel her loneliness and insecurity about, about like not fitting in. And, Definitely, uh, and I think probably that's uh, the biggest reason she uh, yeah. feels drawn to her. I mean, it's not because she wants to experience the high; it's more because she feels left out and yeah. wants to be part of a part of the scene. Hmm. Which is uh, why I mentioned that I don't think it looks very sexy, and I find it a bit hard to believe that she'd be so drawn to it because it's just really unpleasant, hmm. right? Hmm. It's really uh, unsettling and. Hmm. Just uh, like the, the well, you don't the, get you don't get so much sense of her subjective experience no. using heroin. You just see like externally, she looks uh, faded, kind of, and it, she does yeah. not look happy. Like, uh, but the scene in the car, which I'm referring to, uh, just baffled me a bit because it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. Like he, uh, the one guy's just sweating. Mm-hmm. His eyes are completely glazed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like they're shaking. Yeah. It's just dimly lit. It seems really, really unpleasant. Mm. And she decides, I'm not going to shoot up. I'm just going to snort it. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the message is quite clearly that drugs are bad. Yeah, I was thinking um, early on in the movie, and it becomes very obvious uh, mm. after a short while, this movie must have scared the fuck out of <laughs> the normal population of Germany at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's I can't, shocking, I can't imagine... Uh, them having very much knowledge of that world, but it just seems really, really seedy. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for many it was quite a new phenomenon, especially for such young uh, kids. I mean, I can imagine mm. people now, just normal people, mm. just would find this really unpleasant Yeah, in the worst way. And it almost reminds me of a sort of a anti-drug commercial. Well, I wouldn't say commercial... I well, mean, not commercial, but uh, like a com- campaign, yeah. like a government campaign. Only, only it's done really well, mm. and it's and it's not cheesy or mm. hammy, and it does take everything very seriously. But it has the same sort of vibe as sort mm. of trying to just show the bad sides mm. of drug mm. drug use because it doesn't really have a regular movie narrative. I think at all, mm. it's very linear. And it only goes downwards. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a downward spiral. Yeah. There are some plot elements, mm. but that that's not really the focus of the movie. The focus well, it's mostly is, character work, I think. Yeah, it's definitely mm. character work and just showing their downward mm. trajectory. Mm. Which, again, you can draw a parallel to Requiem for a Dream or Train Spotting, but both of those movies seem a lot more sexy. Well, they have very distinct narratives. They have and, very distinct uh, narratives. Yeah. They feel more sexy. They're yeah. a lot more, you know... The, the well, they, they do more to show the appeal of drugs. Like you can tell from the beginning of Wrecking for Dream, for example, that they're having a great time. Yeah, which uh, I feel actually they do better than, than this movie, yeah, Christian yeah. F, because you feel the appeal more. Mm. In this movie, I 
really don't see the appeal. No, no. Like I can see it from a like a an intellectual level. Yeah, she feels left out. Hmm. But visually and aesthetically, yeah. it just seems like a really bad time. Yeah. Uh, like she asks uh, her friend, once Detlev first, uh, where she notices him doing age or buying age, hmm. and she tells um, his friend. Axel, maybe? Yeah, his friend Axel. Hmm. Oh, Detlev is going to do age. Aren't you going to do something? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, why should I do anything about that? And then it's it it becomes obvious. Yeah, he's doing heroin. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, uh, "Stay cool, kid." Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a like a really close up of his eyes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude is doing so much heroin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it's quite comical, but um, I agree with yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem appealing. Like all yeah. all the people doing heroin are just really. But I, I guess it's kind of yeah, like you say, it's not part of the the. Um, intent like it's all very distant filmatically it doesn't go into the subjective space of exactly. how they're feeling that's the sort of the documentary film mm. space it feels like it occupies mm. because that's not that's not the reason the movie exists it's mm. not to show why it's just sort of coldly and distantly show the really the horrors yeah. of addiction yeah it's a social problem yeah and in a way that makes the movie i don't know not so like, it doesn't feel like it's meant to entertain in oh, the same no. <laughs> sense as Requiem for a Dream yeah, does, yeah. because that's such a roller coaster. Yeah. This is not a roller coaster. This is just slowly circling the drain mm. of a dirty uh, public uh, urinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into the depths of hell. Yeah, really, the depths mm. of hell. And it feels a lot like Greek tragedy in that way. Mm. It's just meant to be tragic, mm. it's not meant to uh, have a lot of comedic elements it's not meant to uh have funny side characters so it's just meant to show tragedy you know but i think that's i mean um i think that's more typical for older films as well like this idea that films have all types of different elements like a bit of horror a bit of humor a bit of uh it's quite i mean it happened before as well but it's quite new for quite recent but then again film is a quite recent medium sure and takes a lot from earlier forms of narrative uh, drama and and comedy and tragedy yeah where they were very clearly separated yeah very clearly separated usually i mean really only the start of the modernist era Mm. you find these Mm. things blending together and um, sort of uh, referencing itself. It's yeah, and typically, pretty... typically you'd splice a couple of genres like horror and comedy. Yeah. Or like yeah. Uh, that that sort of. But thing. again, super recent phenomena. Yeah. Dra- uh, like uh, western and musical, like something like that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> western musical, like. Uh, oh, you have blazing saddles. <laughs> yeah, blazing saddles. Yeah. Common clay or the old west. Yeah. But like today, I feel like. A lot of films want to imbue kind of all the different types of genres in one way or another. They have like elements, uh, just something that's kind of horror vibe-ish and uh, uh, comedy and a bit of love story. And yeah. Definitely, especially imagining love story. That's yeah. such a typical trope. You yeah, know, yeah. When they throw in a mm. love interest just because mm. uh, test screenings show that uh, mm. the audience wants a bit of this. And a bit <laughs> a of bit of good stuff. Feels very, feels very disingenuous. <laughs> Uh, like in the Hobbit movies, when they throw in the love interest between uh, one of the dwarfs and an elf. And it's oh, like, I didn't see that. <laughs> you know, Tolkien is just fucking rolling in his grave. <laughs> that does sound horrible. Yeah, but those movies are very unpleasant in their own way for yeah. a Tolkien fan. Yeah, yeah, I would. Also. <laughs> I saw the first one, 
I didn't much care for it. No, I saw the second one. I actually saw a, a fan-made edit that yeah. tries to remove all the extraneous bullshit that Peter Jackson put in those yeah. movies. Did it help? And uh, he tried to uh, make it as true to Tolkien's vision of the book okay. as possible. And it's just still really bad. Yeah. Like yeah. At, the, at the core of those movies, there's just it's rotten wood. Yeah. You know, the, the dialogue is bad. It's just acted in a really stiff and weird manner. Which is not surprising considering how much green screen and just mm. CGI they used. Yeah, it feels less genuine in the uh, uh, Tolkien trilogy, The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you had um, uh, Serene McKellen actually broke down on set at one point. Oh, yeah. Because, and said, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if I'm going to act after this. Okay. Because it felt <laughs> so isolated from being and playing in front of a green screen all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Which is completely antithetical to his theatrical background. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Um, I was seeing this interview with Willem Dafoe, and he was talking about this era of green screen. Yeah. I think perhaps um, in relation to Spider-Man or something like that, because yeah. he plays the villain in the, the Sam Raimi. Right, right. And, um, Which is interesting. I think a lot of superhero movies... Uh, get very competent actors to play oh, villains. Yeah. Absolutely, oh. yeah. And he was talking about that actually using green screen and these mocap suits and stuff reminded him a lot of how his career started out with like experimental amateur theatre, that, that sort of stuff. Theater stuff. Uh, and uh, he kind of liked that a lot because you'd have to use your imagination with, with the spaces and... Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see the appeal of that and I can understand that if you're a bit more modern actor... I think Serena McKellen comes from more traditional, oh, yeah. classic Shakespearean, uh, British uh, theatrical yeah. background, and in that sense, I think it feels or felt quite alienated by it. Yeah. But uh, it, well, it, you're not so much reacting to people, are you? You're just doing something in front of a computer thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think the well, the the whole experience of those movies just mm. it feels unpleasant. It feels. Mm. The chemistry is not there. It's mm. just really. Of course, these days, what's uh, happening more is that you, they make like a virtual landscape, so that they'll have like uh, the 3D models of the set um, kind of figured out in a basic way, and then the cameraman and the director will put on like a VR ham and start to right. explore it a bit. It'd be interesting. If, yeah, it might do that with actors. I don't know, but um, then you'd feel more like the part of the environment, yeah. perhaps. We're moving into some strange territories. Yeah. Movies lately. Yeah. Like the new um, uh, uh, Scorsese movie where they're de-aging uh, Robert De Niro and Joe yeah, Pesci. The Irishman. Yeah, The Irishman. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I saw the trailer uh, yesterday. Yeah. Did it look good? It looked pretty good, but at some point you begin to feel like it's a bit uh, into the uncanny valley yeah. regarding the de-aging because okay, okay. they look a bit smooth in the faces mm. in a sort of unnatural way. And I think as humans, we're so programmed to pay attention to the tiniest details yeah, in, yeah. in human faces and human expression. And I think uh, the technology really has to be extremely good yeah. for us to not think about that i think that like that the marvel films are quite good at these de-aging things yeah they did it with uh, samuel yeah jackson, yeah jackson in captain marvel that looked pretty damn convincing that's, uh, pretty well regarded i think that's held yeah. up as a sort of a really good example yeah. and i think people are not responding as well to this new scorsese no mm. film which is sort of sad because it's a really star-studded cast of you yeah. know old gangster movie uh big shots that we've seen like it would be cool to see a gangster movie with Joe Pesci and sure. Robert De Niro I mean, and Al Pacino in the same movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's 
A train wreck, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sometimes say what you will about Scorsese, but he's a competent filmmaker. Well, I, I really like his films. Sometimes, like, bringing the um, band back together doesn't really work, though. No, sometimes it just feels really, really awkward. Yeah, and old and kind of mistread. But I have no idea. I haven't seen the trailer. Sometimes um, it works, like in yeah. The Return of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Which I think works because uh. David Lynch is so, so uh, set on having his own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. And he has a very clear vision of what he wants. But yeah, let's get back to Christian F. Um, mm. <laughs> I was thinking... Uh, it's sort of revolving around the love story, right? Yeah. Between her and Detlef. Yeah. And it's sort of like, um, it makes it all the more tragic because you have this burgeoning young love story mm. and it's just sort of trampled on by the realities of being an addict. And eventually, Christiana learns that Detlef is actually turning tricks on the seediest part of town. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it starts quite, uh, it starts off with him just doing, he's, he says he's just doing hand jobs, yeah. and then gradually he has to becomes, pay for his habit, right? Yeah, and then because he he and his friends they hang out at the subway uh, uh, place or the train station, perhaps, yeah. and uh, the zoo. Yeah, the zoo. Um, apparently, they they pick up guys from there and they get really well paid. And it, yeah, it's the sort of the it's not just yeah. a prostitute area, but it's, it's a sort of a Junkies. gay cruising uh, prostitute spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Junkies and stuff. As yeah, I said, once, one, uh, once, she, she, once they get down there mm. and they show the place, and mm. uh, her friends are sort of showing mm. her around. Yeah. And they're like, "This guy likes being peed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy likes it when you whip him. Yeah, flagellating. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. feels very sort of like a freak show mm. <laughs> almost. Mm -hmm. In a sense, I, I, it feels a bit like the homosexual aspect mm. of the the characters in the movie mm -hmm. always feels quite dis disrespectful it's always mm. shown in the worst light possible yeah uh, which is well I, I agree but it's not as if the characters inside the film re react negatively to homosexuality itself but like this, these weird fetishes and the stuff that they do and the prostitution of course is negatively yeah you know. I mean it's just shown in a bit of a freak show way yeah but at yeah. the same time of course there is a lot of that stuff going on mm. in those uh, those circles those I mean there's a lot of weird shit going on yeah, uh, around the sex trade, you know? Mm. And I don't think it's wrong to show a lot of weird shit going on, but I think the movie could definitely have used like one sim sympathetic homosexual character just to sort of mm. balance it out. But I, considering the time the movie was released in, I'm not surprised that it is the way it is. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I'm more surprised that uh, a lot of heroinists are shown to be quite sympathetic and likable. Mm. Yeah. And relatable. Yeah, I, I think it has a quite a, a nuanced, um, uh, a nuanced characters, like several dimensions to them. They, they feel yeah, realistic. Uh, but you also feel the characters sort of become less nuanced mm. as time goes on because yeah, yeah. They become their addiction. eventually the core of their personality is just their habit. Yeah, yeah. they become their addiction yeah. and then they turn into these wraiths. And it's just mm. very... It's like watching a slow car crash. Yeah. It's just kind of depressing, really depressing, mm. actually, watching these characters that start off as having sort of personalities just mm. devolve into these fiends. Like mm. uh, at some part, at, at some point into Christiana's uh, heroin habit, she just 
she needs a hit and she goes to her mother's apartment yeah, and just raids the place, tears mm-hmm. it up mm-hmm. just to find a couple of coins, you know. Mm-hmm. And and eventually she finds some bills, I think, or more coins. And she goes to buy one shot, you know, to help her normalize. Yeah. <laughs> and she's in the bathroom stall trying to shoot up. And this junkie just yeah. <laughs> crawls, jumps over. <laughs> crawls over the booth yeah. and steals her shot. And that's the same junkie who learned her how to set shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he taught her, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it sort of comes around full circle there. Like mm. Now she's she's in the... Mm. She's into the real shit. Yeah, early on she also starts selling her music records uh, to uh, an, another junkie to yeah. get some money. Like all yeah. parts we know very well from mm. both uh, sort of... Uh, mm. The drama and entertainment that's been created around mm. heroinists yeah. and that sort of, sort of stuff. We all heard about it before. Mm. You start off by selling personal possessions. Then you start stealing from your friends and your family. Mm. Yeah. And eventually people just cut you off, right? Mm-hmm. But I think this is probably one of the earliest glimpses into that. And it still seems very realistic. And mm. very... It doesn't really feel dated, I think. I mean, you can. it feels like placed in its time yeah, it feels dated in the sense yeah. that it's definitely in its place in its time but that just yeah. adds yeah. to the sort of documentary vibe of it yeah. but it feels very uh, real and it doesn't yeah. feel cheesy in, no, no, in no. the way that i think a lot of yeah that's true yeah. movies yeah. dealing with that stuff does i think when you watch uh, well it's so it feels so genuine in a way yeah definitely that, uh, when you watch movies yeah. from the 70s like from new york yeah it sort of feels cheesy always, yeah. <laughs> like the the sex trade mm. and the the drug taking. Mm. It all feels sort of, in a way, glamorized. Mm. Well, that's actually an interesting point because, like, heroin in film before, typically had been portrayed kind of like Easy Rider, something quite uh, grown up, stead to be cool and yeah, that sort it's of cool stuff. Yeah, cool and hip and sort of jazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is it's, just it's like a free alternative lifestyle. Yeah. Type. I love the the sort of uh, not the set pieces, but the locations yeah. they're filming in yeah, yeah, yeah. are just very well selected, yeah. and they all and beautifully lit often as well. Beautifully lit, and they're just so gross, mm. <laughs> like they're so vile. Mm-hmm. Like the places they shoot up in those public bathrooms is mm. just fucking nasty, yeah. and I really like it. Yeah, it's really disgusting. Yeah, because it would feel wrong mm. if it well, if they didn't do that. Mm. Like, but like, it, 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 but that's more towards like the second half of the film. When it starts out, it's these nightclubs, uh, and there's a, a lot of David Bowie music going on, and they have this um, they raid this uh, shopping mall at night time. Yeah, and they, running like from they, the police. They're having fun and yeah. doing stuff and sort of breaking the law a little yeah, bit, and yeah. having doing normal teenager shit, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that ties in with a sort. Of, there's a sort of duality to this mm, film. There's mm. a sort of it goes from night to day. Yeah, in my, in my yeah. head. And it goes from clean to absolutely junky. Mm. And it goes from having fun to not having fun. Mm. It goes from lots of cool David Bowie music to just sort of harsh and minimal, yeah. uh, like piano, stabs and mm. whatnot. And it's a real, like everything changes mm-hmm. uh, in a sort of... Uh, it works really well. Yeah, mm. it goes towards a really like harsh morning sunlight mm. in the big city. Yeah, because it's not warm light; it's cold. And, yeah, um, it goes from these gl- these uh, sort of glamorous and mm. sort of beautiful night shots mm. to these just very uh, quotidian and just normal, boring mm. German <laughs> toilets. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's extremely unglamorous. Yeah, but it's very, very well done. 
Mm. And it, it's very gradual too. You don't you don't really notice it until it's mm. already happened. Mm. Which I think is a really good quality of the movie. It feels mm. very the progression feels very natural, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's quite it's slow, like her development from like a normal kid to a junkie. Yeah, and it's not a very short very, movie. Yeah, how it long takes is it? its time? Yeah. It's two hours and ten minutes, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It takes its sweet time mm. showing the decline of this yeah. poor young girl. Yeah. She's not a woman, really. She's no. a girl. Yeah, she's like, she starts at 13. She has a 14th birthday uh, yeah. halfway through or something. And I think it, it starts off like with the heroin thing. Mm. And then it gets to the point where she sort of almost overdoses. She's yeah, yeah. in uh, her bathroom in her mother's apartment. Well, it kind she, of fades to black, doesn't it? Well, she's sort of she 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 falls over mm. after taking a shot, and she's mm. lying there on the floor. And her mother comes in and finds her. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, her boyfriend comes in, and they pick her up and they carry her into the bedroom. Mm. And she's like, she's a total wreck at that yeah. point. Her, yeah. That's like the 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 first low. Mm. And then for some reason she calls. Detlef. No, they call. The yeah. parents call Detlef. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. The mother. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. calls Detlef. Yeah. And Christiana wakes up in mm. a room with Detlef there. And they're like, we're going to get sober now. We're going to get uh, clear from heroin. Yeah, cold turkey. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the first point in the movie when, when I think it started to get really nasty and like really unpleasant for yeah. me. It's a very interesting scene, actually, when they're kind of getting off the heroin and yeah. they're lying there sweating. And very it's gradual there, too, yeah. but it's sort of quickly shown at the same time. First, they're sweating, mm. then they're shaking. First, just a little shaking. There's, yeah. there's a lot of shaking eventually. Uh, their muscles start seizing up. They're mm. rolling around on the floor. Yeah. They're trying to uh, ease the pain a bit by taking Valium and sort of yeah. drinking wine. Mm. Eventually... Well, Christiana is like, I need a little heroin. Yeah. They have a little stashed away in yeah, like, yeah. A broom, uh, uh, like a hairbrush. A hairbrush, yeah. Underneath the... Yeah. Um, and they try to sniff it, but Christiana starts barfing up this wine. Mm. And it's just oh, just a horrible mm. scene. Mm. She barfs it all over uh, Detlef and mm. the heroin and mm. just rolls around in her own puke and like a, uh, just curls up in the puke. Mm. It's just so, so nasty. Mm. And great. Yeah, and at some point she starts tearing the wallpaper, and it's That's interesting right, because right. it's normal wallpaper, but she's sort of tearing through to like a children's wallpaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which I feel is like kind of symbolic. Huh. She's trying to get back to like huh. a clean, huh. clean life, but it's just totally nasty. And that's the scene that sort of sold the movie to me. I mm. think. And after that, it's it relents a bit. Yeah, because well, it's interesting because they um, they go to meet their friends and they say, oh, well, we've uh, cleaned up and uh, we're going to finish. Uh, would you like to join us? <laughs> and they're saying, oh, man, that's great, you guys. That's really great. Yeah, we we want to get clean too. And yeah. uh, But actually, we just have a little bit of heroin. We have to just use it. Just bought some today, yeah, so we yeah, have to use so it. Yeah, so we have to use it now because it's so expensive. So we're just going to go shoot up. And then they leave. And then the... Uh, Detlef and Christiana are talking. Yeah, and they said, yeah, well, you know, maybe we should ask them if we could join them. Yeah. And then he just goes back it, to that. It reminds me of the scene in Cigarettes and Coffee uh, yeah. by Jim Drummond. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Uh, uh, where I think Iggy Pop is like, the beauty of having quit is that I can have one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing here, basically. Yeah. They're like, well, we know we can get clean. Mm. So that means we can just mm. keep it under control and do some heroin. Yeah. We're just like... 
Of course, of course. Now that we're clean. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're clean, we can become junkies again. Yeah. Basically. And then just starts to really devolve. Yeah, it spirals out of control. Yeah. And then it gets more into the prostitution and. Um, yeah, definitely. At first, you see mm. Detlef and his friends mm. getting more into the prostitution. Mm. Him starting to get into a car with a sort of a steady yeah. boyfriend this, type This kind character. of stylish older guy. Yeah, who's, yeah uh, a fancy car. Who's in love with him. Yeah, and he's like, of course I don't love him or mm. want to stay with him, mm. but I need the fucking money. You know? yeah. I need it for heroin. And then eventually she starts getting involved in the sex Well, it, Well, it's interesting because this... Um, the relationship kind of starts to uh, uh, sidetrack because because yeah. he's really uncomfortable with her prostituting herself. Yeah. But then again, he's more interested in having their heroin, and at the same time, you're having some of their friends starting to die. Yeah, uh, Axel, the yeah. friend they're living with, yeah, dies from an overdose. Yeah. and from that point on, and there's a bird in the apartment. I and I thought that was yeah. a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she comes in to start feeding the bird. She notices, or they notice, Axel is dead. Mm. They bring the bird along with them yeah. because they have to yeah, save it. And then they start arguing over like some heroin. They just need one more shot or mm. whatever, and they just forget the bird mm. in some uh, abandoned room. <laughs> and it's like it shows how little they care at that point. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sad. Yeah, it's just really and sad. like all, all the relationships they just uh, drift apart and they yeah and it's interesting uh, the the, the, di- the dynamic earlier in the movie mm. where they're sort of arguing a bit in their mm. relationship mm. that sort of disappears mm. because eventually all they care, care about yeah. is putting junk into their veins um, but really one of the things I find most shocking about the film is kind of how her mother relates to when she sees she's become a junkie yeah. And she basically doesn't do anything at all. Yeah. I mean, she's totally distant yeah. uh, and uh, absorbed with her own life. The way and, I see it, actually, yeah. is... I'm, I sort of think of it as from Christiana's perspective, right? Yeah. That's how I see it. And yeah. so she doesn't play a huge part because that's not very important to her at that time. Like many teenagers, she doesn't give a shit about her mother. Yeah, but her mother doesn't give much of a shit about her either. Yeah, which is seemingly... Because well, we don't see a lot of her. Well, 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 the film doesn't portray any kind of... Uh, I mean, from the scene when she discovers her using heroin, yeah. I mean, she doesn't really do anything. No, they just lock her in a room with that and, you mm. know, they're getting clean now, but they don't really do anything. I, I don't even think there's a scene with the mother after that. You never see yeah. the mother after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels very strange, actually. Yeah. It's one of the things I noticed, that the mother is so not involved at all. <sighs> just a non-entity. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that might have been kind of like a, a lack of knowledge of what how dangerous drugs are. Or, yeah, I don't think you know. heroin was very widely known at the time mm. at all, actually. Mm. It's just, it's more of a modern phenomenon, you know, the heroinist on the street didn't really exist in the 60s. Yeah. So I'm not sure when the epidemic started, but I assume in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Well, as, well this film is set in... 81. It was made in 81. Made in 81, but I think mm. the uh, the book actually deals with like 77 or so. Yeah, yeah, late 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was a very good movie, very interesting movie. Absolutely, a very made. interesting movie, a very well-made movie. Mm. I think maybe not the sort of movie you, you'd watch if, you're, if you want something to entertain you. But if you just want a real dark slice of life <laughs> yeah. in the early 80s in yeah. Berlin yeah. 
But it, I mean, it, it does have appeal as well. I mean, it's not an entertaining movie, but it has quite a lot of um, nice scenes. and uh, Yeah, a lot of nice scenes, yeah. some very good dialogue, yeah. some very good acting, and yeah. just some very good character portrayals. Yeah. And, and the I use of like the David Bowie music as well kind of gives it a, a, like... Um, a nice edge, like a catchy. Yeah, I think the uh, sound vibe. editing in general is is quite good. Yeah, I think uh, it, it it hits the right cues. Yeah. It hit right. It hits the right beats mm. when it needs to. Uh, like I mentioned in in the beginning, there's a lot of sort of like disco era Bowie. Yeah. Uh, or like station to station, uh, low that period, mm. and of course uh, the yeah, well, the Berlin period. Heroes. Yeah, heroes. Um, and it fits the theme very well, yeah. I think. It fits mm. the scene. It's perfect. And Bowie lived in Berlin in that time too, so it sort of ties very well in with the scene of Berlin at the time. Yeah, it's probably from like the non-fiction like, yeah, yeah, narrative. Maybe. Yeah. And then it just devolves into sort of no more fun music, no more fun yeah. games. Um, yeah, they yeah. totally leave like the, the club scene and just go out into the streets. Absolutely. What did you think about the ending? Um, well, as far as I understand, uh, well, she, that, that's when she has her she has a, a blackout. She does uh, an overdose or something, and it blacks out. And then it just goes over to say, "I survived. I survived, and uh, I was uh, shipped off to my aunts, yeah. and I grew up." But as far as I understand, this is not uh, true about the the actual person. Oh, really? That she didn't. It, she didn't like suddenly become clean and then had a happy life or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to end it on yeah. maybe a bit of a dramatic high point. Yeah, well, they Because just, she, yeah. she finds out her sister has just become the youngest victim of the heroin epidemic in Berlin. It, well, it's not her sister. It's this character, Babsi. Because her sister we only see in the very, very beginning. Oh, right. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I mix those two characters yeah. because they look what. Yeah, because uh, there's, um, there's a girl who's just slightly younger than Christiana F. And they are kind of... They meet up a few times, and uh, she kind of feels a bit responsibility for her. Then she does her and herself. Right, I always thought that yeah. was the sister. Oh yeah, no, no they're two separate. Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, the person I thought was the sister, there's a very nice bathtub scene where she's smoking a joint and eating cake yeah. in the bathroom. That's, and that's also just really nasty, and mm. it reminds me of the scene in Gummo. That's her birthday, isn't it? Yeah. But it reminds me of the scene in Gummo, and it's just oh, yeah. uh, just classic unpleasantness. Yeah, with a with a young boy sitting in the bathtub and eating, eating spaghetti. spaghetti yeah. It's just vile and drinking yeah. milk. Yeah, that's oh. a great scene. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. horrible. Gummo is so beautiful and ugly at the same time. Yeah, truly, truly, just uh, I think a very good example of a deeply unpleasant movie that's just very beautiful at the same time. Yeah, it's very poetic. Absolutely. It feels a lot more poetic than this movie, I think, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. quite German. It feels very <laughs> German, sort of in the, I don't know, in the sort of German maybe uh, literature sense. It's because Germany had a huge romantic period, mm. but even their romanticists like Goethe and stuff, I, they're not as romantic as their English counterparts. They're quite just solid mm. in a way. What, like stoic, you mean? Yeah, sort of stoic, definitely. Uh, like uh, Thomas Mann, yeah. for instance. Yeah. Which also is very uh, sort of, uh, well, I've only read uh, Death in Venice, but it's very, mm. 
very sad, very depressing, mm-hmm. but also very just, it's not exaggerated. And I think this movie does a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. It's just this slowly descent into something really negative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get a real, real German feeling from it. Mm-hmm. But I like the ending. But like, like I mentioned earlier, it's not like this huge twist or anything. It's just the obvious... The obvious endpoint. Really. Well, I mean, it could have been her dying. That would have perhaps been a little bit more obvious. Yeah, actually, I thought it would end with her yeah. dying, but I'm yeah. sort of glad it didn't because yeah. that would have been just too obvious, mm. especially with her friend dying earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it felt a little more elegant than that. And just, I don't know. Once it would, once it was done, I just felt, well, that was so pleasant. Yeah, it's mm. nice to get out of it. That was nasty. <laughs> so yeah, it's if you want to. A light-hearted comedy, I would not suggest this movie to you. Well, ever. or any other films we're going to talk about, really. <laughs> yeah, really, really. But, but but I think a lot of unpleasant movies are a lot more humorous than this. And that's another thing what, yeah. which I think leads to the, me feeling it's quite German. Mm. There's not a lot of humor, no, no. really, at all. That's true. There are some humorous moments, but I think those are not meant to be as comedic as uh, probably their well, counterparts. Well, I mean, there's, there's some quite charming moments, particularly in the beginning with Detlev, him being re- quite awkward and uh, there's some of the yeah, communication between the kids. And it's quite moments, but not charming really, yeah. and, and um, but not like, it's not really played for laughs. Yeah, definitely not. But I, I like it. It's a very linear movie mm. uh, and just a very effective sort of deep dive mm. into a realistic addict situation. Mm-hmm. In its time, in its place, mm. yeah. So yeah, a very good unpleasant movie. Well, I I like to bring in uh, maybe one or two other bits of unpleasant media to talk to as well. Yeah, as a little closing episode. segment. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about some something else. Yeah, that also is good and unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. So um, so there's a game called Manhunt by Rockstar Studios. Manhunt. Yeah, for it's a PlayStation Two era game from uh, two thousand and three, two thousand and four. And I assume you hunt men. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> in a I sense, don't know anything about this game. By in the a way. sense, yeah, yeah. I mean, you play uh, like a um, uh, criminal uh, who's. Uh, it starts off with him being sentenced to death. Yeah, you play a criminal, which is not a huge surprise in a Rockstar yeah, game. Yeah. So he's sentenced to death. He's killed, and then he gets reawakened. Um, how? Uh, I can't remember specifically how it happens. Is he but brought back by science? Uh, like as I said, I can't remember specifically <laughs> right. how it happens. But uh, it's like these this game show hosts who encourages him uh, to play out like these um, episodes in a way for for his uh, sick ideas. Why? Um, well, this is also kind of uh, unclear to begin with. He just meets some random. Uh, no, he he finds like this uh, James Earl Cash is the character's name. Okay. Because he's like a brutal killer, and he revives him for like a reality show, basically. Right. Uh, it's like a sadistic reality show where he um, wants him to go murder people, more or less. Okay. And um, and so far sounds you know not so dissimilar to a lot of games. Perhaps you're a gruff guy killing people. Uh, it's really the way he does it because, I mean, you're a big, strong guy, but you're not a super-powered individual in a way. I mean, you're just, just a strong dude. Just a strong dude. And all the other people are also kind of strong dudes. Like, a one-on-one <laughs> combat, you might win, you might not. If there's two, you're not going to win. Right. So right. it's it's actually a stealth game, 
but you're not like a smooth, thin, lean guy. You're just this buff Bur- guy. Burly guy. Yeah, and he's he's going in this, these dirty suburban environments, sneaking around. That sounds great, actually. Uh, I think uh, that's sort of the core of a good sneak game, is mm. that you you can't really solve your problems. You well, I mean, he's kind of clumsy in a way. He's, yeah. he's not like a smooth guy. And uh, his weapons are mainly like broken bottles or, or like uh, um, plastic uh, bags that he takes over their head. <laughs> and it's quite, you know, gruesome. It, it makes violence very ugly. Uh, and, um, and visceral, maybe. Kind of, yeah. I mean, there's like... Um, there's a mechanic. I can't remember how quite it works, but there's a mechanic uh, in terms of making your murders more gruesome, so that if you do it to the nth degree, it becomes much more brutal. Like um, in Fallout, with the bloody mess perk uh, that you can pick, and your kills will basically just be yeah. much more gory. But this is more like a gameplay mechanic that, yeah, yeah, that you right, right. trigger depending on how there's well you do it. There's a reason for it in the gameplay. No, <laughs> I mean, like, uh, it's not the narrative reason at any rate, but it's just uh, it's, it's character yeah. to set the tone. Um, and like, it's so it's so grimy and dirty and and unlikable. Like, like a character is unlikable. Like the antagonist is unlikable, and like the the scenery is is just dirty, urban. Like, so the streets. way you're describing it yeah. sounds a bit like uh, what's it called? Postal. Uh, yeah, two. but postal is like this. Is, has like this humoristic kind yeah, of definitely like... Definitely humoristic. very juvenile. Uh, yeah. And also sarcastic. In yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't that at all. Yeah. This is very kind of straight up what it is. And um, kind of has like a survival horror vibe. But it's so no, really, no humor elements. Uh, well, there are definitely are humor elements, but it's quite different. It's kind of similar to Thief in a way. Yeah. Like you... While you're sneaking around, like the, the people, uh, the, the thugs, uh, they have their own like comments and observations. Like, um, oh yeah, I love that. This is really great one, which always cracks me up. There's this guy who says, uh, "I'm gonna find myself a quiet corner and jerk off." <laughs> yes, yes, right. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, I love the Thief series, and one of the aspects I love the most is just listening to random yeah. guards talking, yeah. and it's always some inane shit, you mm. know. And then this, this is other kind of scenario I remember really well where you like I, I, I murdered one of these thugs and then hid away in the shadows and another character like a thug showed up and saw that guy on the floor and he said well that's what happens when you don't keep it real <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> yeah that's some real life advice yeah, yeah. So, so, it ha- so it has some uh, <laughs> some humoristic elements yeah. but it's, it's it's like quite grim and um, it seems really grim but yeah. with a sort of a there's a light touch to it yeah like, like i mean like rockstar they tend to have like humor in their games but definitely. this is definitely i mean i'd say this is their darkest uh thing yeah, yeah and I, this I, area is quite interesting because they 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 had like uh, several quite um uh, controversial games at this time like with bully as well uh being a, a game where you play a bully which right was this before or after gta grand theft auto oh no it's uh, well not this is after GTA 3, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Which are basically, I mean, if you just play it randomly, they're just murder simulators. You just uh, go around stealing cars and, and running people over. Yeah, but it's also like a cruising simulator, like in a, uh, you're mucking about just in the city and listening yeah. to music. And, yeah. of course, there's a main story which sort of doesn't vibe with the general gameplay at mm. all. There's yeah. sort of a disconnect there because in the story, you're not really a murderous psychopath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're usually just a down-and-you-luck criminal yeah. trying to make it in the underworld. Yeah. But 
on your spare time, you just go around murdering civilians. Everybody, yeah. Right. Mm. Which is not very well game design. Well, that's very typical, though. Yeah, it's Almost not very good like game that. design, like, but it's very typical, yeah. yeah. You have, like, Laura Croft murdering a whole bunch of people, and then she says that she's there being killed, and she's, like, really sad. Yeah, or another example is yeah. in the Zelda games, yeah. there's usually usually some... Uh, element of uh, time being scarce and you have to save the world. Yeah. But then there's all these side quests you go and yeah, you yeah, just yeah. surf or yeah. fish and you don't really give a shit about saving mm. the princess. Mm. So there's a disconnect between gameplay and the story. Yeah. Which is not the best game design, but it's quite prevalent. And I understand why, because it's very hard to integrate both, I think. Yeah, well, it's a suspension of disbelief, I guess. Right. And sometimes it just doesn't matter. Like in GTA, you don't really care. Hmm. Yeah, but this this manhunt, I, f- I feel it's kind of like a bit of a lost classic in a way because it's quite like conceptually well done. It, it Towards the end, it kind of shifts a bit and you get your guns and you start shooting. And that's not so interesting. I like, like that the first half of the game where you're just scouring around these... Uh, Backyards. Uh, like, what's uh, your what's games. your goal? Your goal is to create havoc. Well, you because just some no, you just want, no, want to do. You start off just um, satisfying this uh, fucking sadist who's uh, who's making this reality show, yeah. and then like the more advanced kills, the more points you get. And you want to satisfy him because you were raised from the dead. Yeah, I th- and I think he he controls your life or yeah. some such. Like, Again, maybe it doesn't really matter yeah. too much no. because the game. <laughs> it's and not the like story a very cohesive to... plot or anything. No. And I, towards the end, you probably go murder him, I think. I don't think I actually played through it. I just played, like, the, the first two-thirds, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of not having to finish a game to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of A lot of older games, too, are super difficult to yeah. finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the really old games, like, I grew up with. Yeah, it's only a handful I played through, I think. Especially arcade games, because they're designed oh, to yeah. take your money and not to yeah, yeah. make you... Well, not to let you be able to finish yeah, yeah but like the early like the console games nintendo and sega yeah definitely they yeah, also have had the... that they had that kind of arcade uh, yeah, tradition because they yeah. grew up from that tradition yeah. and so you have a sort of a, a thing called i think nintendo difficulty because yeah. the early nintendo games were just super difficult yeah i remember playing battletoads and you know never getting past That's a difficult the game. Third, third stage yeah super difficult. they're remaking that now i think yeah uh, I really like Which the is ridiculous yeah. because you're buying a game as a kid and you can only play like 15 minutes and then you're just fucking stuck. Yeah, I mean, I really like that game. But it was so like hard. Game. So still hard. like the good memories of failing that repeatedly, like... which, you know, it primes you to play Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, so good. Yeah, and difficult. Mm. But anyway, if you're interested in like an unpleasant game, I'd recommend trying out Manhunt. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I might just pick it up. What, what platform is it for? It's a PlayStation 2 game. Okay, okay. All right, well, I think that's it for today. Thank you for listening. That's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And until next time, stay cool. <laughs> and unpleasant. pleasant.